Morning, team. Monday morning. Nice to have your company. Thank you, Anthony, very much indeed. Very entertaining, as per usual. Mind you, I was, I was tempted to say the same thing about the Strictly Dancing on Ice thing, but it wasn't entertaining at all. No celebrities, you know, the amputee on at the end. And they made you wait for that. They made you wait. And then finally, you know, they dragged out the programme. And they went, oh, we've got Ray Quinn on. I thought, Christ alive. It was, it was even more boring than I imagined. But at least we got some good comments from Jason Gardner. Unfortunately, poor old Macca's ex-wife, as dreary and as boring as we all predicted she would be. Not half as camp as Vinnie Jones over in the Big Brother house. Spends all this time washing up. I'll just give him a pair of rubber gloves. News is next. Here it comes. On FM 97.3. See, tomorrow, I'm just saying to Anthony about writing tax checks out. For some reason, all my tax checks look as though they're written by a five-year-old, mainly because I sort of cry and the ink runs and the, the writing's all spidery and everything. I can't bear it. I cannot bear writing tax checks out. I don't like doing it. Very shortly, I'll probably be doing it online, but I'm one of these old-fashioned people. I'll write checks out. Anyway, nice to have you company. How was your weekend? Good. OK, yeah, don't all shout at the same time. OK, snow? No, not round here either. Not where we are. In fact, most of it's uh, melted. It's only where it was compacted ice that it still stayed, but it seems to be dribbling away now. So you watch the next thing. We'll have floods. We've had everything else. We might as well have floods. And then they go, there's more snow on the way. And I'm going, well, what should bring it round my way? Nothing round our way. We had a little flurry the other day. In fact, I got a bit excited last night before I climbed into bed. I looked out the curtain. Oh, look, a flurry of snow. I looked out again two minutes later. Gone. Vanished completely. Round here, nothing. I haven't anything round here for ages and ages. And they keep saying, it's going to be snow, there's going to be snow. And I realise in certain parts of the country there's going to be snow, but there's absolutely nothing around London, I'm afraid. Very disappointing. Essex has got it, but then it deserves it. You know, I always think, you know, I'm terribly sorry, but I think anybody in Essex and Kent, you know, in Berkshire, you absolutely deserve the snow. I've looked very carefully on the television and there's all sort of picture. I'm looking at this. It's like being in another country. I'm looking at people with snow ploughs out. I'm thinking, where is this? It's un... Oh, no, wait a minute. They actually look French. You can always spot the French, can't you? They always look miserable. They never look happy for the French for some reason. I think that was Germany, actually. Must be. No, Timor Jadke. Where would that be? Finland or something? But they, they get this all the time. It's only over here. We've got no idea what to do. Oh, snow. I've got no idea. Leaves. Can't cope with leaves. You want know, to be a sandstorm in next time round. It's always mildly amusing, I think. Anyway, I did watch. I had to watch Heather Mills on the uh, Dancing on Ice programme. I had to suffer a load of old non-entities before we got to the biggest non-entity. And that was uh, the amputee herself. Her first line was, have you worked with an amputee before? I thought, you'd half milk this, don't you, love? You've been, you've been like this for 17 years, and, you're still dr- and you wonder why the public loathe you. Apparently, the websites are absolutely full of Paul, Paul McCartney fans saying, get this gold-digging old bag off the television. I find it amazing that, looking at her history and what everybody knows about her from the past, that we sort of stick this thing up on the television and watch, embarrassingly, Philip Schofield brown-nosing her. I found it absolutely horrendous. I mean, to watch Torville and Dean, you know, sort of, oh, just ghastly. Just, you'd have thought that she was saint or something. It was just awful. It was, you know, and all she does is milk on about her bloody leg. And so to emphasise it, now, this is no big deal, let me tell you. And I'll tell you for why. She's already been on the American Strictly Come Dancing. She's danced her, she milked it on there. The reason that Heather Mills is so ghastly is because she has this caption now, she's a, a charity campaigner. 
Well, of course, you remember the papers exposed that little lie of hers, I'm afraid. You know, she might be a charity campaigner. She doesn't give as much as she claims she gives. And she's certainly not giving her fee for this thing to charity. And they have a clip of her falling out of a plane. I'm praying the parachute didn't open. I'm trying, I'm thinking, oh, I feel so awful having thought that. And I thought, oh, the rest of the country's thinking it as well. Nobody likes her. It doesn't, she could stand there, you know, and walk across water. But unfortunately, it wouldn't make the slightest difference. 99.9% of the British public cannot stand her. But in fact, there were certain people on there I didn't know who they were. I absolutely didn't know. Sunita, I know, because she's been around a while. There was this girl, was it Emily Attack? Now, her mother is very famous. Her mother is... Oh, God, who's her mother? Anyway, her mother's very famous. She's an impressionist. Kate, Kate... Oh, it'll come to me. Somebody will text me in and go, oh, Steve, it's this, because you're having one of your senior moments again. And so she got a famous mother. I think that's how she got on the show. Because, frankly, she was so blooming awful, it was embarrassing. Not half as embarrassing as Gordon Ramsay's wife, Tana. I mean, just dreadful. Dreadful. I mean, Sunita was OK, but then she's, she's been a dancer for most of her life, so it's not that difficult. But it's, it was just watching this, this raggle-taggle bag of non-entities... It was a bit like, I mean, it's like watching Big Brother. I mean, you can imagine people, you know, most, most celebrities are identifiable. You look at them and you go, you're so-and-so. I look at Celebrity Big Brother and I think, A, it's a joke. Ivana Trump, you know, a joke of the first order. So I speak like this and my husband, Donald, he gives me money for, and we have daughter Ivanka. And, and I'm thinking, oh, lovely, isn't it? She's absolutely a class act. You've got the poor woman, Stephanie Beecham, who was in Dynasty about 500 years ago, who spends most of her time inside with dark glasses on. Now, either she's gone blind or she's just wearing them because that's, unfortunately, the eyes mirror the soul, as you know. And then you've got some, some scrubby little girl who went out with an old man and has already hopped into bed. The funny thing is, she's got a very exotic Russian-sounding name. She opens her mouth and she's like, oh, go blimey, and it kind of ruins it. There's no, no exoticism there at all. You've got Lady Sovereign, who frankly looks like she could have walked out of any, behind the counter of any shop, you know, uh, didn't do anything at all for me. Vinnie Jones, who's got nothing to contribute and spends a lot of his time washing up in the kitchen. Bit of a girly boy, I think, I'm afraid. You know, actor. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore, pal. Not anymore. And has to name drop his Hollywood friend, Quentin Tarantino, because that's about all he's got. It's it's all dreadfully sad. And then you've got, oh, I said that, Dane Bowers. God, honestly. I'd forgotten, actually, how boring, and I said the other day, and I'm sorry to repeat myself, how boring Dane Bowers is. He's a dullard, I'm afraid. He really is. I mean, small wonder that he's all out by himself, trying to resurrect a career that never actually was there in the first place. Just absolutely awful, I'm afraid. Just awful. So I am, I'm trying desperately to find people I like, and then, lo and behold, they, uh, on comes an advert on the television, and I'm, I'm looking at it thinking... Is, what is this? And it started off, it had, um, uh, who was on? I'm trying to think now, actually. Oh, it's got Kim Marsh. I thought, oh, God, must be an advert for something. Perhaps she's going to be killed in Darius Dinesh. Darius Dinesh! I remember interviewing Darius Dinesh for In Conversation when it was called That Remembers Me. And he came in, and the idea was that they picked four pieces of music. And... I then sort of said, right, well, your first piece of music is, you know, Donald Duck singing, you know, Round the Pond three times or something. And they would then tell me the story of why they picked that music. Darius comes in 
I mean, talk about up your own rear end. I've never anything like it. For a man who only had, I think, the one hit single and then disappeared, but luckily has a very rich girlfriend. I think he lives in the States. I don't think he lives here anymore at all. What he does, I've got no idea, but they've obviously roped him in for this programme. And, uh, and he, he said, well, my uh, first record uh, is going to... And he, he then sort of proceeded to do his own programme. I was sort of sitting there thinking... Are you odd or what? I mean, you're not, not... Out of all the people you ever interview, you remember the barking mad ones, and he was it, I'm afraid. He was just... It was just the oddest ever. Why does somebody want to sit down? And I, I became superfluous to the interview, which I thought was quite funny, because I think, it actually says the Steve Allen show, and here's Darius Dinesh, thinking he's a huge star. And he behaved like that. It was really odd. He, had, he has this arrogant attitude that makes you want to punch him. You know, if ever you wanted to hit somebody, Darius Dinesh would be the one that you'd want to hit, because he's so sneery. He's so dismissive of other people, and this programme was just bizarre. In fact, it's probably there. It's probably, it's probably still podcast, the thing, I should imagine. It's worth hearing, because he, he just takes over. It'll boost up the figures for the podcast. But anyway, and so he's on it, and... There's somebody from a group, and then there's Mar- Marcella Detroit. And it was when Kim Marsh hove interview. I thought, oh, perhaps they've killed you off from Coronation Street, because I've had enough of Kim Marsh, I'm afraid. And then I suddenly realised they put all these people on there to annoy me. They're put on there to annoy me, because the more I'm annoyed, and the more they know I'm annoyed, the more I'll talk about it. That's why Heather Mills has been stuck on the ice duck, because they know damn well that everybody loathes her. Everybody absolutely hates her. So they put her on there because she's hated. And the more she's hated, the more she'll be written about and the more people will watch it. So they very cleverly on the Dancing on Ice. We went through everything. I feel sure we had to suffer with Colleen Nolan standing there looking for the, all the world like some old reject from a Loose Women programme. And Ben Shepherd, God, blimey, how boring. Just give the man a mirror and just let him admire himself in it. Uh, Philip Schofield, I mean, just being just dreadful. Dreadful. Holly Willoughby wearing... I thought she was wearing one of those bearskins on her head until I realised that somebody had teased her hair into the shape of this sort of huge old woman hair. It's the kind of thing you'd have seen in Dynasty about 25 years ago. Not on Holly Willoughby, a young girl. And apparently she's going to be wearing more, more of those dresses where her tits fall out. So look forward to that one. Can't wait for that. Very exciting. She said she's sick to death of covering up on this morning and she just wants to free them. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would also love her to free them as well. But she's there. This hair is hilarious because she can't owe at all. And it's there. And as I say, it's, it's very dynasty, very sort of Dallas kind of hair. And it's, there's lots of... You know what they've done? They've done it. They've done dum, 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 like that and then combed it back again. So she's got this huge amount... It looks stupid. For goodness sake, honestly, she's a young girl. Give her some decent modern hair as opposed to a style that went to... I mean, I can only assume the hairdresser must be some poor old queen who's infatuated with dynasty. I can't think it's anybody else because I've never seen anything so ridiculous in my entire life. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. You can tell I'm in a fairly good mood this morning. We also fell in the same hole this morning coming in. The other day, up by Piccadilly, just as you come in past the uh, Hard Rock Cafe, there's obviously a hole in the ground. I've always got my eyes closed. I'm sort of thinking about nice things like pink ice cream and lollipops and, you know, a hot dog maybe or you know, just anything apart from the journey. And the other day we fell in it and it's such a clunk, makes the driver go, and they, they swear. And this morning we fell in the same blooming hole. Again! I mean, no, the, 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 these poor cars will have no suspension, I guarantee you, halfway through. But the good news is that there's no ice on my car today. So I, I shall get it out later on and drive it. How exciting is that? Later on, we'll have the horse racing. Don't forget, we take all your texts and emails, 84850. 
stevenlbc.co.uk. And the reason you send in is because we love you. In fact, in many of your cases, I'm the only person who loves you. OK, quarter past five. Here's the headlines. It's claimed London's economy could be hit by a grit shortage. Westminster City Council says rationing means it'll only be able to spread a quarter of the salt it usually does. A photographer who suffered serious injuries in Afghanistan in an explosion which killed the Sunday Mirror journalist Rupert Hamer will be brought back to the UK later. And Gordon Brown will hope to make a show of Labour unity later as he unveils his general election campaign coordinators. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. I don't think there's any, uh, any snow and ice around. Well, there's certainly not round our way, but no doubt where Hugh is, they're probably knee-deep in the stuff. Nothing like making a drama out of a crisis. I wasn't at all. No, I, but I bet you're wearing your wellies, aren't you? I know I am, only because it's still really slushy at home. And yeah. I thought, I'm not all of our stuff's wet. melting, so Most of course the melting. trains are now going to be overflowing. There was a light dusting everywhere, I think. Although Kent had a lot of snow over the weekend. Let's not forget people out to the east of Kent. There was yes. a lot of snow there over the weekend. Yeah, and the rest of us are living there, it. isn't it, really? I mean, I've got no sympathy with uh, Okay, uh, <laughs> let's start with the roads. Uh, not too bad at all, actually, the roads. Uh, same applies, really. All the main routes have been treated. A lot of the side roads. LBC, Morning, everybody. Nice to have a company. It's Monday morning. I know you don't want to get up, but believe you me, once you're up, you will feel a lot better about life. You won't really. You really won't, I promise you. But I have to say that because it's encouraging. And also, the nice thing is this morning that LBC's audience is going to be even bigger, even bigger than it was yesterday. The reason being, of course, a lot of people would be defecting from another radio station and coming over here and discovering that there is a life and uh, that, uh, that people treat people of a certain age with a bit of respect. Kevin the Milkman says, Steve, a pimp in Big Brother, a former hooker on ice. Are you and I the last two people not in the sex industry? You speak for yourself, Kevin. I think I'm in the sex industry. I mean, in my mind, I'm in the sex industry. I mean, I appreciate the fact that a milkman, you know, going round delivering, hello, lady, would you like a bit of gold top? You know, I know what goes on in milkmen's lives. You're all at it. Everybody's at it. Actually, surprisingly, now, you don't get that many milkmen. Milkmen are a dying breed. I used to have a milkman. Well, I didn't have a milkman. I mean, he used to come round and deliver my milk in, uh, in Staines, but that was years ago. You don't see them now. You used to get them. And also, the, the milk carts, because they were electric, they probably are still electric, I don't know, but they, they used to hear them coming down the street, you know, with the, with the gold tops rattling and sort of milk bottles in there, and they'd clink them and they'd have a little basket and they'd wear a white peak cap and a white uniform. I mean, that was, that was sort of proper milkman, wasn't it? That's the way I see milkman now. And then my milkman in Staines had his name above his little thing because they were all franchises. And, uh, and it, it was quite nice, actually. I quite like the idea, but you just don't see it very often. It's all delivered by lorry. It's all carton. You know, it's all plastic cartons or something like that. It's pfft, dreadful. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, this one here, I have to read Shelley Vision, because it's Jim Shelley on uh, Dancing on Ice back on Fridays. He's not without considerable fanfare. Get ready to be amazed, they promised. I remained ready as the series failed to live up to its billing as the most dangerous programme on television. Instead, he says, we were treated to a festival of grinning, waving and padding in the sort of self-reverential retrospectives usually save for events like a Picasso exhibition at the Tate Gallery. Actually, it comprised of Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby looking back at four series of Dancing on Ice, a show in which celebrities you've never heard of become quite competent at ice dancing. Centrepiece for these celebrations include Torville and Dean dancing to the Jacksons and a special performance from Ray Quinn 
He says, hold me back. I know, I have to be honest. Every time I, I see Torvalandin, I kept thinking, oh, for God's sake, just stop it, stop it. It's, it. We've had enough now. I don't know what they're dressing poor Jane in. Yesterday she looked like a reject from Up Pompeii. They put her in this long blue outfit. He's sort of... And it's just... It's not good. I mean, it's it's interesting that Jim Shelley says whether Torville and Dean are actually any good anymore is debatable. Watching Dean hurling Miss Torville around reminded me of Kermit and Miss Piggy. As you remember, you go, what? Throw him around. Torville it was who became the first person on the series to mention the J word. After that, all manner of people queued up to tell us about the journey they'd been on. Because it's a journey. You know, irrespective of I'm lining my pockets with a filthy piece of money. You know, that's, that's, what I like, uh, that's what I like the most. And, uh, and Philip Schofield saying, we're all very nervous. It was a massive live show. Andy Peters joining in, as if it was the South Bank show. It's a stupid dancing and ice programme with a bunch of numpties who turn up for a few thousand quid to either fall over or skate off into the wings. And that's all it is. It's an entertainment programme. Uh, I'd only tuned in, says Shelley, uh, to see Heather Mills falling over like everybody else. That's all we wanted to... You know, why don't you just fall flat on your face, love? And then somebody can sit on top of you. Uh, a parade of ludicrous lovies turned up to offer memories of their performances from Chris Fountain to David Seaman, all the greats. Next came the sentence from Suzanne Shaw we all dreaded. What I learned about myself the most was... You know, that's what they said. You know, I'm... Di- oh, Christ, I dry up your drip. Dreadful. It was just two idiots ice skating, but they all sort of made it sound as if it was a, a journey that we've been on. Unfortunately, uh, we then got Philip Schofield and Miss Willoughby taking turns to express their huge admiration for the courage of the contestants. And finally, Holly announced, we've got some very nervous people behind that igloo. Sadly, Heather Mills apart, they weren't some very famous people. The contestants included star of stage and screen Hayley Tamadon, who's not even a star of Emmerdale. In fact, nobody knows who the hell she is. Pop star Sunita, Emily Atak... And some blokes who've made fleeting appearances in Corrie, Enders and Hollyoaks. Mills was described as a charity campaigner, although Tanner Ramsey's profession remained a mystery. Looking like a mean, mangy cat, Daniela Westbrook declared ominously, if you mess up, then you mess up and you're on ice. That, to me, is going to be the scariest bit of the whole thing. Well spotted. That was the bit we were looking forward to. Tamadan revealed, I'm quite clumsy and I'm quite accident-prone. Not the ideal characteristics for dancing on ice. Dr Hilary Jones admitted, I don't dance, I don't skate, which pretty much covered it. Mikey Graham from Boyzone philosophised, I don't have any fear of falling, the only fear I have is fear itself. Or some other garbage like that. They do spout crap, don't they? As for Heather Mills, she turned up as if she was entering an Annie Lennox lookalike contest and wasted no time in playing the sympathy card. Have you ever worked with an amputee before, she demanded, of Torval and Dean, which, as cards go, is admittedly a good one. There are certain things I won't be able to do, no matter how hard or how much I want to. Say what you like about her. The good thing about Mrs Mills is she doesn't go on about it very much, does she? <laughs> it was fantastic. It was, I mean, absolutely not good enough to drop in conversation for, I have to tell you. But uh, there you go. And unfortunately, you've got weeks of that drivel to put up with, which is just awful, awful. Uh, Have you seen Nurse Jackie, says Maxine? I haven't, actually. Uh, I did see the clip, and to be honest with you, it didn't didn't really interest me at all. There was a film I got some years ago. It wasn't called Nurse Jackie, but it was called something else. And it was about an... Was it Nurse... Not Nurse Betty. It might have been Nurse Betty. No, it was was a woman who I thought went around killing people. Was it... Was that Nurse Betty? It was... I don't know who it was playing in it. I just remember seeing the, the front cover, and I think I watched it. And she might have killed people. That's all I remember. I, mean, I don't just generally don't take any notice of these kind of things. I mean, the best one I ever saw 
and I now can't remember what it was called, but it's a, you'll remember it because it was about a guy who was into computers and he was a, a Hollywood writer, but he was on his, on his downers and he starts messing about on the computer and he invents a character, this, this woman, and he manages to get her, with the aid of the computer, to become an actress. And they make films with her, but the public believes she's real. Only he knows she's a computer programme and she has a big uh, concert where she appears on the screen and he talks for her. But her voice changes, so it's gone through her voice. Ch- and it's really clever, because then at the end, she says, I'm, I'm going to leave the industry. But he has to leave all these clues. And what he wants to do, he just wants to finish with it, because it's taken over his life. The police then come in to arrest him, thinking he's murdered her. But, of course, she never existed in the first place. And it's only his daughter and his ex-wife who then discover that this, this girl was just a computer programme. But up until then, she'd appeared in movies, she'd done everything, and they had to get all the actors to appear on blue screen because she didn't want to actually appear with anybody. And then they would just marry up together. It was the cleverest film I've ever seen. Very good. Uh, 84850, steve at I can't bear Heather Mills, so bigs herself up. Love your programme. Turn it on every day. I absolutely agree. Even, uh, even one here, Gary, says, your show is better than what we get in the North East. Not surprised. I've been up north once. Oh, Ghastly place. And here's uh, fat boy fat, Robbie Williams, looking as gormless as ever, I'm afraid. And uh, he's, he's got a dog in a basket round his neck now. I don't know. What is, what is it with people who can't let their dogs walk? These people should be prosecuted, I'm afraid. And he's, he's got one on a lead, and then he's got a little dog in a basket. It's got legs, mate. Put it on the ground. It's like that Kelly Brook woman dressing hers up like it's some animal or something, like it's some sort of human thing. She's got little outfits for her. Put it on the ground, woman. Otherwise, I'll come and shout obscenities at your play. Not that I think you're any good at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Wendy says, did you see John Mills in the history of Mr. Polly? No, I haven't actually. I don't think I've ever seen the history of Mr. Mr. Polly. Uh, I feel, I feel, I fee sorry for Heather Mills' partner. Dr. Hillary's on there as well. When does he get time to do his surgery? Well, the trouble is they're all, they're all doing it for money and because they're all, they're all big-headed. You don't go on television any other way. You know, otherwise, you'd be saying, Heather, get off the television, love. Nobody likes you. You're hated in the country. You know, people like Dr. Hillary because he's a doctor and people like doctors, so that's OK. We're happy with that. It's just these people on there. I mean, I don't know who half of them are. I'll sit there and watch them. I think, the reason you're on here is because you haven't got any work at the moment. Simone is the movie, says Nicole. Oh, not Papa and Nicole. Simone, very, very good. If you haven't seen it, get it. It's fantastic. Al Pacino plays the guy, doesn't he? Very, very good indeed. Very good. Uh, Johnny thinks that uh, as an unqualified person of any professional medical training, I've discovered a new and strange pattern that affects many in our community that happen to be on television or the radio. It's called ASBOC, Attention-Seeking Behaviour of Celebrities. I watched a few minutes of the Dancing on Ice malarkey, and prime suspect was an individual who calls herself a charity fundraiser or some other title, but has full-blown ASBOC, which can only be treated with an ASBO. Hannah Waterman will no doubt be suffering from this for the next few weeks. She has that Z-less strain. Actually, somebody said the other day, and in fact, it's, it's, it's come in, goodness me, you know, loads and loads of times, from people saying, poor old Hannah Waterman, you know, not attractive before she lost the weight, now even less attractive. That gaunt look does not go down very well. But the funniest thing was... The ex-husband, Ricky's going, she left me because she's gone on this uh, diet. And she said, no, 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 that's not the truth. I left him because he was boring. This is... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday. Darius Campbell is his new name. It's not Darius Dinesh. She's now 
Darius Campbell. Well, no idea why. His name's Dinesh. Why he's changed it. I mean, the trouble is, this pop star to opera star is the brand new series. I've now remembered who's in it, only because I've gone to, I've been sent a, a nice link to Darius Campbell's website, a man who's so clearly is suffering from delusion as to be almost embarrassing. Alex James is on it, who found fame as the bassist in Blur. OK, the bassist in Blur. OK. Uh, Bernie Nolan. Right. Danny Jones of McFly. Darius Campbell, formerly Dinesh, who rose to fame after coming third in ITV's Pop Idol. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Osmond. Oh, not Jimmy Osmond again. Much as I love Jimmy Osmond. Isn't there no work in America, Jimmy? Kim Marsh, the Coronation Street star, who found fame when she won ITV's Pop Stars. and became part of that dreadful ensemble called Hearsay. Uh, Marcella Detroit, who was one half of the band Shakespeare's Sister. And Vanessa White from The Saturdays. Hosted by, oh God, here we go, Mylene Klass and Alan Titchmarsh. Pop star to opera star. We'll see the contestants rehearsing with their mentors. And apparently, thanks to Susan Boyle, Paul Potts, Red Dian and Il Divo, classical music is at the top of the charts. I wouldn't actually think thanks to Susan Boyle at all, I'm afraid. I really don't think so. But uh, can eight successful singers who aren't successful anymore, it has to be said, make the transition from pop idols to tremendous tenors and stunning sopranos? The answer is, who gives us stuff? The answer is probably not. You know, poor old Darius. Oh, my God, you'll be suffering with that one, I tell you, till the, till the cows come home. But thank you very much indeed, Steph, for sending that one in. Yes, Darius Campbell. I wonder why he changed it from Dinesh, which is the family name. Perhaps he's, uh, perhaps he's just embarrassed. Perhaps he's thinking that people thought he was so naff that if you, if you change it, perhaps they'll think he's somebody different. I'm sure he lives in America. I'm sure he lives in America. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Actually, you know that now Paul Grady has finished doing his uh, Channel 4 Tea Time show. Well, apparently, TV stars are battling it out to take over the slot. So what they're going to do is they're going to put them all on for a week each and see what they're like. The answer is, I promise you now, none of them will be any use. For the simple reason that Paul O'Grady made that show his own and won all the awards because he's, he's got something that none of the others have, which is humility and a bit, of, uh, a bit of genuine warmth. In other words, you know, if he was having a bad day, by God, you knew about it. It's not similar to this programme. So who are the people battling it out? There's going to be ten of them, apparently. Davina McCall. Now, you remember Davina, her, her show flopped on the BBC. Desperate to establish herself in a new role, with Big Brother ending this summer. What, does it just go on television? If, even if people are crap, do they just keep re-employing them? Vernon Kay? <laughs> don't make me laugh. Not a cat in hell's chance. Very sweet, little bit pretty, married to that thing that works with Bruce Forsyth called Tess Daly. But as, as chat show hosts, I'm sorry, no experience whatsoever. And you need to have experience for this job. Then they've got uh, Phil Spencer and Kirsty Allsop, keen to expand their Channel 4 roles. Uh, Kirsty has already hosted two shows. Phil has got more time to put his TV career together after his uh, company went uh, belly up, I'm afraid. That's his uh, property search company. Vernon Kay has jumped at the chance to land his own talk show. He's apparently, uh, after Family Fortunes, uh, he's been tied into an exclusive deal with ITV and now he's been allowed to do other things. So they're going to say that they're all going to be paid 10 grand for the week. 10,000. What a waste of money, eh? £10,000 each for the week. Vernon, you know, unfortunately the audience for daytime chat shows is exactly the target audience that Paul O'Grady attracts. 
their ladies of a certain age who want to sit there, gentlemen who go along with them, everybody very happy. Vernon Kay doesn't have an audience. He doesn't have a target audience. Davina doesn't have a target audience. Phil and Kirsty, very sweet though they are, they don't have a target audience. Because all the people who turn up on these television shows, you know, place in the country or place abroad or something like that, they, they turn up and they get their free holiday in the door door and they've got no intention of buying any property. I've never known anybody buy any property. They go, so which one did you like? Well, we've had a look at this one in the Algarve and we quite like that one. And how much was that? That was 420000 right. And then at the end of the programme goes, they decided to carry on looking. I thought, yeah, you've milked your free holiday, haven't you, you lying old bags. You had no intention of ever buying a property. Uh, but unfortunately, all these property programmes go around. And, and they look for people. I'm thinking of writing and going, I've got 12 million to spend. You know, can you fly me to America and we'll have a good look round there and see how that works? I reckon you could get away with it. I reckon you could absolutely get away with it. <laughs> uh, Ray and Barkingside, Simone, Sim One, with Al Pacino, written by the chap who wrote The Truman Show. It's, it's a good film, isn't it? It's a very, very good film. We were, um, we were, um, um, we used to have a film review programme and uh, it was recommended, actually, and it, it was then that I, I got it. That's right. Emily Attack's mother is Kate Robbins. Kate Robbins, the Impressionist. And uh, we know Kate of old. And I think, actually, if Kate Robbins is her mother, I wonder if her father is Keith Attack. There was a group years ago called Child, and I can't remember. I have a feeling Kate Robbins might have married one of the Attack brothers. I could be wrong on that one. That's right off the top of my uh, head. I've got no idea. Uh, Steve, it would be interesting to know if Heather Mills still needs her disabled parking permit now that her mobility has improved. Yes, I mean, it has to be on. If she does have a blue badge, it's quite interesting, isn't it? I'm sorry, you can dance on ice. Well, how disabled are you, dear? I can't even walk on ice, and you can dance on it. That could be quite funny, couldn't it? You could probably investigate that one and find out if she's still got a disabled... I bet one of the newspapers listening will be going, I'll tell you what, let's investigate if she's still got a disabled badge. I'm sorry, how disabled are you? You can dance on ice. You can dance. You can walk normally. Interesting. Um, one here. It says, I've just returned from Florida. No decent radio there. Just cold for the last week instead. It's funny, isn't it? When you, when you go abroad... That's why people podcast programmes. And that's why podcasting is the biggest thing that goes now. So many people podcast. They listen to the programme. Noreen not only listens to the programme, she podcasts it as well. She probably can't believe what she said the first time round, actually. <laughs> Which is always quite good. Coming up with uh, Nick Ferrari at seven this morning. Nick will be asking if our appetite for the latest news on the Afghanistan conflict is putting the lives of our soldiers at risk following the tragic news of the death of the Sunday Mirror defence correspondent Rupert Hamer. Uh, the Royal Editor of the Daily Express, Camilla Tomine, will be in today. Uh, plus, they're going to be talking about what's so bad about the Teletubbies. Andrew Gilligan's going to be in. He's going to be fascinated to discover that one of the other guests today is Norman Brennan, the uh, victims' campaigner and former PC. They're going to be talking about how safe we are and how do we protect ourselves if we're in danger. Plus, we found a place the other day. I didn't find it. Darren found it. Uh, and I thought you would, you would like it. It would be the sort of place that you would want to go to. Because he said, I want to show you something. I'm like, oh, I've been down this route before. And he said, you're going to like this. Not a lot, but a bit. And so we walked up Regent Street. And, and we went into a shop. And I'll tell you what the shop is. But the moment we went in there, he, he said to me, he said, what do you think this used to be? And so I looked around this shop and I went, theatre? It's on Regent Street. And he said, no, no, no. It used to be a cinema. And it closed in, I think, the 1940s. And the strange thing is that when you go in there, it isn't till 
somebody says to you it's a cinema, and there's a few things that stick out. Firstly, they have preserved the interior exactly as was, down to the space where the screen is, which is at the very back wall. If you turn round and look up, you can see the upper circle. You can see the box where the projectors were and might still be. And in the corner downstairs, it's still got a Wurlitzer organ. It's a very important su- survivor, and I, I urge you to go and have a look today, because it's well worth it. It's a little piece of history. It was, it was uniquely built in 1888 as an art gallery. It became the new gallery restaurant in 1910. Didn't last long. And 1913, it was converted into a cinema. Uh, there was a fantastic Greek frieze, which you can still see, 256 feet long, which ran down the wall. Uh, The Wurlitzer theatre organ installed with the pipes in two chambers on the right-hand side of the screen. The third Wurlitzer organ to be installed in the UK. 1,450 seats split between the stalls and a single balcony. Uh, It was the cinema that showed a lot of uh, Walt Disney cartoons in the 30s. Snow White ran for over nine months. It's a grade two listed building and uh, it was slightly off West End and after the war it struggled for business. The uh, Seventh Adventist Church made an offer for the building. Gaumont British Theatres, who owned the building, were happy to sell. The church retained all the cinema facilities. In 1990, the church moved out, and the building stood empty for about ten years. And it's now the Habitat Store. But when you go in there, you'll go in and you'll see the frieze that runs all the way down the walls. You'll see, if you turn... They've built a big thing out from from the upper upper seating area and you can go up and you if you look above that you'll then see the box where the uh, projectors were because you can see the little glass windows which are there you can see the way it was laid out you'll see the Wurlitzer organ it's still there still there and it's it's down the side on the right hand side at the bottom and it's absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic so it, it really it's worth going into the habitat shop at Regent Street. It's just literally up a little bit. You go past the Café Royal and over on the left-hand side it's there. Go in and have a look. I promise you it's, I mean, it sounds really naff to send you around some of these places, but I promise you. Amanda, my, my producer, is just off to a wedding in uh, Switzerland today. And she says surprisingly there is more snow over there I've just lost it actually. But more snow over there than there is here. If only I could say the same for us here because we've got nothing I'm afraid in London. She said, see you on Monday provided EasyJet don't leave me stranded. About as much chance of her getting better. I wonder if I can have a word with EasyJet, see if we can keep her over there. Anyway, yeah, just, just a little thought, actually, Poppet. So uh, she's going to a wedding in Switzerland. Last thing she needs, I should imagine, to go to at the moment. <laughs> uh, 84850. Quentina says, where have you been if you haven't heard of Ivana Trump? She's a world-famous businesswoman. No, she's not. She's a foul-mouthed old bag who shouts obscenities at young children on planes in America. And Stephanie Beecham's been in many things since Dynasty. Really? What? What's she been in? In fact, strangely enough, all the crowd outside didn't have the faintest idea who she was. No idea, I'm afraid. No idea. So perhaps in your own, if your own mind, I think. Uh, Christina says, uh, if Dull Darius is living in America, then Dinesh would not be a popular name. I think Campbell is his mother's maiden name. I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all, no. Well, you're just making that up because he lives in Scotland. I think the family are, uh, what are they, Iranian or something like that? I can't remember. But uh, it's... You know, to be honest with you, his career finished donkey's years ago, didn't it? I assumed it did. I had no idea it was, uh, it was still going. Poor soul. But he's obviously having to come back to revive it on a programme that must be as poor, I'm afraid, as this So You Think You Can Dance programme. 
with Nigel Lithgow. And, oh, that is just the worst ever. I didn't realise something could be that bad. But they're having dreadful trouble getting people to uh, to go on it. Mainly because people get, well, who's going to be watching it? And the answer is nobody. There's too many of these naff, cheap reality shows now. All started by um, by people who went on airport, the cruise... All these were the forerunners to reality shows. They were sort of loosely called documentaries, but they were reality shows because they made stars, in inverted commas, of the people who, who appeared on them. Ben Fogle in Castaway was, was a classic example of the first time the BBC had done anything like that. And all of a sudden, Ben became... Admittedly, I mean, Ben, I think, is absolutely charming and, and knows what he's talking about. But, uh, but you know, when you, you look at these programmes, you think it's given us some real naffos. You could go back over the years and I could quote names at you and you won't ever have heard of them. And yet, for some inexplicable reason, you'd sit there for weeks watching them, either attempting to dance or learn a new skill. It's, it's sad, really, isn't it, that that's the state that British television has come to. So they're not going to waste money doing anything. They just stick a panel of naffos on. In fact, I think on this, uh, the one coming up, they've got Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, what experience he's got to judge people as opera stars, I've got no idea. And uh, who else is on there? I don't know. But, I mean, Alan Titchmarsh has got a show on the television at the moment. I mean, how many shows do people need to be on? I'm not really sure, actually. That we. Need... I think there should be a rule. If you're on one show, you can't be on another one until it's finished and we've had six months' respite. We don't want anything, you know... You don't find Paul O'Grady turning up on a, on a reality show, do you? Doesn't need the money. That's why mainly they axed the show, because it cost too much, and he was complaining, oh, you know, we can't do anything. It's, it's made him a small fortune, let me tell you. According to the weather today, Met Office advising extra care. More sleet and snow fell in some parts overnight on frozen roads. Not round here. It's now, it's, it's warmed up, actually. In fact, it's warmed up so much, I didn't even bring my, my hat in today. I'm that warm and cosy. 14 to 6. <laughs> These are the headlines. The body of British reporter Rupert Hamer, who was killed in an explosion in Afghanistan on Saturday, is expected to be flown home later. The Sunday Mirror's defence correspondent has been embedded with US Marines. A 17-year-old has been charged with the murder of a man who was killed on his way home from a Halloween night out in Sutton last year. And two of the best-known names in British banking will start disappearing from the high street this morning. Abbey and Bradford and Bingley are being rebranded as Santander. Is it Santander? I think. Yes. So there you go. I don't know, it all changes. Here's one man who will never change his name. He doesn't need to. He's known to you and everybody else's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, Travel-wise, not too bad this morning. Uh, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 6. Struggling writer Johnny says, thank you for exposing the nonsense of the genre of moving house to another country or part of the UK, which is done in the TV format. Nine out of ten never make the move, and the annoying smug factor of the couple makes me shout at the screen. Regarding a good tea time chat show, would it really be missed? Quick idea, is anybody missing Vernon Kay? Could be the running title of a new reality show with no end in sight. Actually, of course, it wouldn't make the slightest difference. If there was no show there and they put on a repeat or they put on a good film, you'd be more than happy to watch that. must be much cheaper to put on a film as opposed to yet another chat show. One thing you don't want on the television is another chat show because they've all tried it and most of them fail miserably. All all a chat show is is a vehicle for somebody to come on and plug their book, film, play, new car, new invention, whatever it happens to be. That's all it is. And all they've got to do is have the ability to chat to somebody for about three minutes because that's about as long as their interviews run. I want to come into the world of radio where it's completely different. Uh, Dean from Cyprus, uh, weather great, missing the snow, not. Well, there you go, which is quite nice. And so uh, Dean, Seb, Gabby and Pina as well, all out there, enjoying the weather. It's nice, actually. Over here, it's bad in certain parts of the country, but the rest of it, just nothing at all. 
And uh, very, very uh, disappointing, I'm afraid. Uh, Denise says, Heather Mills looks like Shirley from EastEnders. <laughs> Shirley from EastEnders. Oh, dear. Kate Robbins is Paul McCartney's cousin. Yeah, we know that one. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, do you buy from the TV shopping channels? No, I've never bought anything from a TV shopping channel, surprisingly. I've, I've, um, I haven't bought anything, actually, from a TV... Have I ever bought anything from a TV shopping channel? I haven't, actually. Perhaps I should have done. I know various people who have worked on them, and they've always said, oh, they're absolutely fantastic, you know, and I bought this and got that, and friends of mine have stood there explaining a pencil to somebody, going, oh, please buy it, for God's sake, my life depends on it. I think the average wage on the shopping channels was about 30 to 40 grand, which, to be honest, you can know more as an electrician working for the local council, because one of the papers today says, how much do you think electricians get working for the local council? They've got one here, £142,000 working for the local council. I think I'll jack the job in tomorrow, I think, and go and work for the local council. It must be much easier, mustn't it? 142000 I couldn't believe it. Uh, by the way, they're, they're, they're thinking, or they're certainly talking about ditching assembly at school. And uh, because nobody, most people aren't Christian now. Oh, it works. Most people aren't Christian. They don't need it. We used to have the assembly in the morning. You know, we plough the fields and scatter the good seed on the land. And people used to mumble the words. And the teachers would stand at the end of each line. Sing up, Stephen. Of course, I used to enjoy the singing bit. Didn't bother me in the slightest. You didn't need to tell me twice to sing. But nowadays, the majority of people aren't Christian. They don't want to sing in assembly. You know, you just have an assembly and they tick your name off. You know, and that's it. You hear? I think so, miss. OK, will you be staying all day? I don't know, I'll see how the lessons go. One apple a day can cut the risk of bowel cancer. If only I could get excited about apples. I cannot get excited about apples. I've tried, and it just doesn't work. I've looked at them, they look beautiful, they look really exciting. You've only got to mention crunching into them, and it makes me go peculiar. I don't know why I used to eat apples all the time, I'm afraid. All the time, but not any more. Uh, very interesting that... Um, in the paper today, they've got a story about David Tennant uh, and also Jonathan Ross. Now they're saying he quit because his wife said we'd rather have him at home. The other story in the media is that they, uh, they'd approached the BBC and said, listen, get back to us before Christmas with the offer. And the BBC didn't. So he then thought, Ooh-ooh, I think they might be prepared to drop me. So he decided then better to go before you get pushed. Because if you get pushed, it makes you look a bit embarrassing, doesn't it, really? So, uh, so people, people tend not to, uh, to do that. Katy Perry and Russell Brand are ringing in the New Year romantic style. Good. This keeps them both off the market, so I'm quite pleased about that one. And uh, don't forget, tomorrow I'm going to be talking to uh, actor Ray Winston because he's going to be my special guest for an in-conversation, which is good. Uh, 84850, uk. Um, Clive Bull, very interesting programme on mergers past and present, but nobody mentioned the Chelsea Building Society proposed merger with the Yorkshire Building Society. Ha, ha. John in Lewisham? Don't think so. We don't do television. The trouble is, I think people do television because they're on an ego trip. And uh, I think... I think, really, it's... Uh, it's... I don't know. It's just... I don't know, really. I don't know. Uh, Anita says, how did Heather... Mills get enough votes to keep her in. I think Heather Mills and Jordan could make a reality programme on an isolated island in Siberia. Could be quite good. Could be quite good. And um, another one here. Darius's family asked him to change his name to avoid them further embarrassment. I'm not surprised, actually. He, he, he brought his brother onto the programme as well, didn't he? Do you remember, you remember Darius sitting there going, I feel the love. 
And everybody's going, oh, I wish somebody had shoot him. It was just an embarrassment, I'm afraid. Uh, Joanne says, Stephanie Beecham appeared in Coronation Street. I know, but blink and you miss her. She was only in Shortland. She lived on a canal boat, didn't she, or something, and was the love interest of... I don't know. Was it... I don't know. I can't remember who it is. I know she had a love interest with somebody. Eightforeightfavos.stevedlbc.co.uk. <laughs> uh, Actually, I was quickly going to tell you about a new... Um, it's not new at all. They're talking about it in the Express today as if it was something new. The £200 million credit card swindle and how to avoid it. And you know what it is? It's giving your card over in a restaurant. Some bloke who went up to um, Edinburgh, I think, or outside Edinburgh, and gave his card over. Well, the one thing you never do if you go to a restaurant is hand your card over. That's where the majority of credit cards are cloned. And they went back. It turned out somebody else had been cloned in the same place. And they went there and they said to the owner, you know, we've had two cards from here now being cloned. And the owner said, yes, we had an East European waitress in who worked with us for a week. And what she did, she cloned cards. And that's why the, the two places where your card is going to be cloned is, uh, is a restaurant or, failing that, a garage. A garage. Because most of the staff working in there are bent. They're crooks. So you've got to be very careful. Don't ever, I would never, ever in a million years hand a card over to anybody in a garage. They've got the word crook stamped all over them. You only, only ever pay cash in a garage. I would never, ever use a card. Because the people who work in there, the people who actually own the site, will say to you, oh, well, I, he just came in, he worked for a couple of days and then he left. Yeah, because he's already done these things. I think this is within full knowledge of the people who employ these people. I'm totally convinced. I went to a McDonald's the other day, and uh, I won't tell you which one it was, but frankly, the service was so appalling. And then I suddenly remembered, they're franchises. They're not, they're not owned by McDonald's. They franchise them out. And th- this particular one, I don't know where they got their staff from, but I should imagine they'll be expecting a visit from customs very shortly, because most of these poor people, you know, were just employed to scrub tables. The, the service was just non-existent. Absolutely dreadful, dreadful. But unfortunately, tourists in London tend not to complain. Because they think that's it. It's like you see them queuing up to buy so-called half-price tickets in Leicester Square from the, they say on the thing, the official half-price ticket booth, which they're not. The only one that's official is the one sitting in the middle. Drives me mad when people say, well, is this one over here that's official? No, it's not. Not. The only official one is the one in the middle. But, I mean, tourists will stand there. You know, I'm sure they think this is where you buy tickets. You come to London, and that's why they they sort of buy all this stuff, and and you just sort of think... You know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? They're going to be talking today about the last moments of the have-a-go hero stabbed to death when he tackled muggers. This is uh, Sukhwinda Singh, who bravely, some might say stupidly, chased two youths fleeing with a woman's handbag. Unfortunately, when he managed to grab them, one of them produced a knife. And that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about with Ray Winston tomorrow, because he's just made a violent movie, and yet he's very anti the amount of people who go around now carrying knives. I think when they, they had a, I think a short while ago, and they actually put one of these metal detectors on a school, and it turned out that one in six pupils were carrying knives or some sort of implement. And that's, that's why people don't have goes. That's why you tend not to. You tend to go, listen, do you want to take it? You take it. If you're that desperate, you know, but then they, they produce a knife. He lost his life. Didn't deserve to do it. But that's the way it's become now. The police don't like to get involved. They had a thing the other day on the television. It was Steve Scott does it. It's made by ITN. And they were looking at the police in Leeds, where they patrol. They're the British Transport Police. So, you know, much, I'm sure, admired by the Met. But anyway, they patrol Leeds Railway Station. And there was some girl, and she'd just been punched in the face and had her nose broken by her boyfriend. OK, so he's standing there. He's drunk. 
She's even worse, so they call the ambulance, and, uh, and they, they, they say to her, right, will you be making, you know, pressing charges? No. Small wonder men go round beating up women when nobody's prepared to sort of take them to court. What she should have done, she said, just make sure you, you give him the keys. And the policeman is standing there going, we can't do anything about this. Our hands are tied. We cannot arrest him. Somebody else is then dragged off a train because somebody said, oh, he was making racist comments. So the police drag him off, taking one person's word for it, which I found amazing. And then the person who'd made the claims gets on the train and disappears. So they've got nobody. They're, they're stuck with this bloke who they can't charge because they, they've just lost their witness. It was just impossible. I don't know. What, yeah, this bloke's saying, I never said anything. They said, well, he said this. I said, well, where is he? Oh, unfortunately, he's actually got on the last train home, so you're going to have to walk home. But it was this stupid girl who'd had her nose broken, blood all over the place, and the boyfriend go, you know, nobody speaks to me like that. And I thought, why do women stay with violent men? Answer, because they feel duty-bound to. Kick him in the small spherical object, ladies and gentlemen. It works every single time. OK, six minutes to uh, six. No, it's not, not six minutes. What am I talking about? It's coming up one and a half minutes to six. OK, so we'll, uh, we'll go through. After, oh, there's some more people. Panic buying, bread and milk vanishing as the freeze looms. Don't panic by, please. LBC. Morning, everybody. Lots of pictures of uh, people after, you know, out in the snow. One girl here in Newcastle. I mean, why is it always the fat, ugly ones put on the, the, the most revealing outfits? There's one girl here, passed out in the snow. Lying, she's fallen asleep on a bed of snow. What is it with people and alcohol? And they've got a picture of a girl in Newcastle. I mean, dear God, love, I hope you see this picture today and go, I think now is the time that we start losing the weight. Cardiff, minus five, and they're wearing their underwear in Norwich. Wholly inappropriate, but it's the poor girl in Newcastle. Gold knows what you look like, love, but you're going to open up the paper today and go, well, it's a good picture, isn't it? The answer is, no, it's not. Here comes the news. On FM, online and 97.3. Morning, team. Nice to be company. I love Monday mornings. I absolutely love Monday mornings. I know people hate it. I love it. Can't get enough of Monday morning. You know, and the more I love it, the more it annoys people, because they go, I hate Monday morning. I thought, what's your problem, isn't it? I can't understand people who don't like every single day of the week. Susan Spence enjoys every day of the week. Oh, absolutely. With, See? With zest. With zest. And in fact, the more soaps we watch, the more angry we become, and the more bitter and twisted, and the more I love it. The more bitter and twisted I become, the more money I take home. So I'm very happy with it. But unfortunately, over in Emmerdale, I've started shouting at the television. You're I addicted s- to Emmerdale now. I'm I love this. I'm not addicted to it. I'm just getting so annoyed at how stupid Ashley ever became a vicar. Yeah. How this man ever made it through school to get to this state. He is the dimmest, dumbest person I've ever seen in my entire life. The words that are coming out of his mouth are... are, are, are it's just wrong. Well, as we were just talking about before, yeah, that whole thing last week where he was trying to, you know, tell Sally to get out of the village was excruciatingly painful. It was absolutely painful with him. It was dragged it, on. Well, this is what Ashley's like, though. I mean, I know you haven't always watched Emmerdale, but this is the character of Ashley. But I have to admit, that particular part was just like, oh, for heaven's sake, hmm. please get on. It was painful. Um, and, of course, what happened was what he deserved, really, because he faffed around so much that the woman was able to jump in as many times as she liked. And now, of course, he's got to face the consequences. Oh, he was, she, she produced a bottle of wine. Oh, shall I open a wine? No, I don't really want any wine. I thought, right, now you're going to tell her. I just want to say that you're a very nice... Oh, get on with it, you <laughs> stupid drip. Listen, you're kicking her out. It takes 30 seconds. Listen, barking mad woman, get out. All right? You're stupid. 
I get out. Well, not Ooh. much happens with yeah. them. Not much happens with them this week. It's next week where he runs her over, or should I say, he knocks her down Fantastic. because uh, he rejects her. But because uh, she just thinks there's absolutely because the idea is he's meant to be going to Laurels. He's taking a sabbatical from the church. He's taking little Gabby, and they're going to live in a B and B very close to Laurels, so he can try and patch things up. The minute Sally gets wind of it, she's like, "Uh, uh no, you're not." And that's when she steps out intentionally in front of the car. See, the trouble is, he he obviously gets in the car. She's run over on a on a on a, a road somewhere how she got to this road i've got well, no it's idea. just in the, it's, it's actually that's oh, it's why she's there. not seriously injured because it's in the outskirts of emmerdale what a shame and um and so she's gonna stop why have they not involved her doctor because quite clearly she's medically dis- she's medically ill but this is what the whole story has been the only one who sussed that she's not quite right is laurel and laurel's just thought well you know what i've had enough and she's gone away because of course charlotte bellamy was pregnant because she when was he did get month. round to saying i want you to leave the village but all my friends are here you haven't got any friends <laughs> I thought, no, you've only got balmy old Edna and she's as cracked as they come. Well, I think Becky it's... Eggleton, she'll sort her out. I think it's her who will actually rumble her and realise, because I think she thinks, hold on a minute, this is not the way you're talking about Ashley. Because she says next week to her, you know, we're sleeping together, which, yeah. of course, is a little rubbish. And I think that's when Edna thinks, wait a minute, there's something not quite right here. But the big news in Emmerdale this week is that Mark Wilde, Maxwell Caulfield, mm. um, is, uh, is murdered. By one of his family. Fantastic. Hooray! It'll be by people who are addicted to acting. Well, exactly. (laughs) Or, you know, how difficult it is to kill a piece of wood, who knows? He's been dreadful. Oh, he he has. He really has been so awful. Some of it where he goes, "Uh, right, I'm going to go out now. And you think, oh, where did did you learn to act? Well, I saw him in one episode last week where he was meant to walk from the hallway into the kitchen at home farm. And... He was obviously trying to, you know, pretend as if he was being casual. And it was the worst kind of casual. It was kind of like a slow-motion action man-type walk. And I was like thinking, oh, what are you doing? Um, I mean, I'll miss him. And I'm not happy with the way that they're... I mean, I understand everybody loves a whodunit. And it's a great storyline. But I would have... It's Emmerdale. It's about the farm. And, and, and people going to the pub and having a few sherbets and that's it. Now it's turned into some sort of... I mean, Emmerdale must be the most sex-mad village I've ever met. <laughs> Everybody's at it like rabbits. Well, I, I would have preferred that, you know, he and Faye did waltz off and leave everybody to it because then we would have worked out how, seen how Natasha coped and the children. Oh. And I think that would have been quite good. But, of course, now somebody in the family kills them. I have no idea who it is. Uh, who goes? My my thought is because I've not heard any rumor that any character's going in that lot. No. So my thought is that it could be the little boy Will, you know the the little the young one that he's got that suffers from epilepsy. All oh, right. I was like thinking maybe he's got wind of all of this and and it's him who does it. I mean I think that's a bit far fetched. And the gay but... storyline I'm very confused with. I'm confused with because he's quite clearly slept with this girl. Mm. to try and convince the brother that he's not gay. I mean, nobody's mentioned the fact that he could be bisexual. I mean, you do get things like this, probably in Emmerdale, where they seem to have every sexuality under the sun. God knows what... Edna will turn out to be a lap dancer (laughs) for the elderly, I can tell, together with Betty Eggleton, who'll be sort of a dominatrix. But uh, we had all this confronting. What made it worse for this poor lad was that because of the new camera angles... His skin is so appalling. <gasps> oh, I know. And they caked him in makeup, bless his heart. 
But every time they turned him, the lighting was so bad. It was like a volcano, wasn't it? Was it was like a volcano. I mean, on each side of his face, these spots, which they'd obviously put makeup on, and which on certain angles you can't see. But when he was doing this close-up bit, I kept thinking, oh, no, don't yeah. do that. The, you know, you know, it's funny, in, in Home and Away, there are quite a few girls in Home and Away who very bad... Very bad spots. Um, spots. Yes. And older as well, not yeah. just the young Victoria teenagers. Beckham's the same. Victoria really? Beckham exactly the same. She's got really bad skin, really bad skin, and it's covered up very carefully with makeup, mm. very carefully. But you, you get some, but this poor boy is obviously just going through spotty adolescence. Well, yeah, I like the storyline because I think the character is of Alan, I haven't Aaron, is a good one. Fathomed out. Well, they're, they're making out that he is gay, and right. that he's the whole point is like this week he pretends to to he invites Holly round in in within earshot of Adam and to him to his house, and of course. Um, just as he's sort of saying, "Oh, we've got the house to ourselves," he knows they don't have a house, the house to themselves. So he knows fine well that Paddy's going to walk in on them. So the whole idea is he wants everybody to think that he's, you know, um, you know, a, 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 a raving heterosexual. Well, his magic's convinced some people. I mean, I'm convinced by it. And in the end, Adam has to drop it because his dad says, "Look, you're just causing trouble." But of course, it's not going to. It's not going to lie. This is not going to lie. Keep going, are they? Yeah, they'll keep it going. Yeah. <gasps> And do you think the girl's brother is going to end up snogging him? Well, you see, I think Adam is making so much of a fuss that me thinks, you know, that he's protesting too much that perhaps this could be happening. The other guy said, he said, listen, he said, you're the one going on about it. They always say it's those who protest are really the ones you've got to watch. Mm. And he's making such a fuss. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Dear. Dreadful, really. Okay, quick uh, quick break, 6.15. News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Gordon Brown will call for unity later at the first moment. 10, LBC 97.3. Susan Spence is uh, here. Morning. Morning. Johnny says, can Susan explain the murders or deaths in Corrie, EastEnders and Emmerdale all happening at the same time? It's like a Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. I want to talk about the worst case of acting I've ever seen. I'm afraid it comes from Simon Gregson in uh, Coronation Street. And it's Simon Gregson attempting to act drunk. It was nothing short of pitiful. I mentioned it the other day to Jane Milligan, and she said, why is it that when people play drunk on television, they sort of they all behave like this, whereas drunks don't behave like that. Comedy drunks behave like that. Normal people who are drunk just sort of sit there staring at you and then throw up. You know, that you do not sit there and go, and I said to my wife, I don't even know why you're doing this. Nobody <laughs> does it like that. And that's exactly what he was doing in Ashley's house. And yeah. it was just awful. And he the, was spilling. Did you notice spilling, he spilled his drink twice? Most, you see, if you're actually drunk, sometimes you can't pick the glass up. You pick it up and you're holding nothing. And it was just yeah, it was. awful acting. Even he didn't. I mean, it would have been easier if they'd actually got him drunk and then said, that's how people behave. Well, i tell you who I, I think is amusing as a drunk as well and doesn't do it particularly well. And that's um, Phil Mitchell. Steve McFadden he's, he's, yes, does not do a he good drunk, do drunk very because well. remember <laughs> he's an alcoholic in the in the show. Yeah. Therefore, an alcoholic a wouldn't get as quickly act as quickly as that drunk as that as I he had does. An alcoholic producer. Yeah, he didn't behave like that at no. all. He was he. You would think he was sober, but he was absolutely all he did when he had his his drinks lunchtime was topped up from the day before. Yeah. So he maintained the same thing, but he he didn't slur. Sometimes late at night, if you went out and he didn't eat, that's always a sign of an alcoholic. Somebody who goes out for something to eat and they move the food around the plate. They don't want the food, they want the alcohol. They'll just pick up, you know, a little tiny... He, he moved food around, that's all he did. Mm. Well, 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 Phil Mitchell is exactly the same. I mean, he, mm. he was acting the other day with, with um, Shirley 
And you just thought, nah, it's just... Not right. Yeah, he it? was over the top as well. It was overacting. Does anybody ever teach them how to, you know, act drunk? Does I just think, think that people... I don't... I mean, I don't know if anybody's actually sat down and studied drunks yeah. in pubs and to see how they drunks got on. on the, tel- the real ones when you see them being arrested by the police they're not standing there going my wife says to me you was you come in late and you know you're not- prince charles when you do that i'm, I'm doing a little bit too you know, <laughs> me and camilla have been out and had a few sherbets you know. that's what you <laughs> said <think. laughs> i quite like the idea but it's but it, that was the only thing that annoyed me because i thought it spoiled the other program also ashley sitting there like the co- complete plank well, it's, they really need to find a storyline for, for Ashley. They've got to do something for Ashley. Ashley and Claire kind of go in fits and starts, really, yeah. um, with, with those two. But the, the big storyline in Coronation Street this week is Sally breaks the news to the girls that she's got breast cancer. Right. And um, that's, a, that's a bit of a tearjerker. I don't like the father. I don't like... You don't like Kevin Webster? No, not not Kevin. It's the, some Matt. It's the builder with the glasses. Oh, um, yeah, Bill oh, Webster. No, I don't like him. Well, no, remember he was in it years ago and then they brought him back. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. It just doesn't work for me. He's, he's, sort of, he's a little bit uh, professional northerner. Then we had Ken going round to the house. And the guy was quite right about Ken. You've never moved on. You're still stuck in the same little street. You don't want... It's not got nothing to do with Ken if they want to spend money on the kids' education. It's got nothing to do with Ken at all. Well, the thing is, Ken, there's always been an underlying um, something here in that Ken has sussed that there's something not right about this chap. And, in, and he actually is right because this mm. guy kidnaps a little boy. In the future, really? yeah, yeah, he try. He basically, yeah, he basically tries to um, prove that Peter is an unfit father, and oh yeah, God. and so he kind of kidnaps a little boy and takes him to where? To, well, t- kidnaps him as in you know he takes him to his house and and keeps him there, oh. but then gets um, provokes Peter to the point that you know he does raise his fists and then of course he's arrested and it's a case of well oh. the social work that's the, kid's the whole very thing. Good though, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, he is. The kid's very good at sort of you know doing his, delivering his lines. Yeah, he's. I, saw, I tell you what's the funniest thing was last Harry week I was Hill. watching it. I, no, no, it was last oh. week on Coronation Street. I was watching. There was a scene in the living room in the Barlows and the little boy was there. And obviously they, they didn't want to stop uh, filming, but twice they cut him and he was picking his nose. Oh! <laughs> enough already. Like, I, I'd sky flushed it, so I rewound it, because I was like, I watched it and I thought, wait a minute, twice you were picking your nose. So I rewound it back just to make sure I hadn't missed anything. And I thought, yeah, you were. But they'd obviously just filmed it and just thought, well, little kids do that, uh, so let's just leave it. They gave him fish fingers the other day and he quite clearly loves fish fingers because he had it on his fork, he was turning it around eating yeah. it, thinking, <laughs> generally speaking, it's quite cold and horrible, all this food. Yeah. But he seemed to be enjoying it. Yeah, they do give they, all, they do give him a lot of scenes where he yeah. eats and he always just wolfs whatever he's given down. Yes. I don't think they feed the poor boy. I love it. I do. And obviously, uh, Kim Marsh is out for a while. Because mm, she's yeah. doing this ghastly pop star to opera star. Yeah, she's out. New ITV is program. She? Yes. Is she doing that much? Sadly, with Myling yes. Class? Yes. She's she's in it. She's one of the contestants together with oh, I didn't Darius see her in it. Campbell. I now. knew that she was I knew that she was out yeah. um for a little while. Um yeah. she's in it she's in it this week a couple of times, but not, not anything major. Yeah. Um And of course, her. as I said last week on the programme, the funniest thing ever over in Emmerdale because it's filmed six weeks ago, they're the only soap that's got no snow anywhere. Mm. In fact, they've got beautiful lush grass, they've got everything, and you think, wait a minute, your neck of the woods is knee-deep in this stuff. Well, interestingly enough, there were some uh, lovely pictures on the ITV website 
of Emmerdale in the snow. Yeah. They had about 16 pictures because, of course, it stopped filming for just one That's day. That's right, yes. Um, so it's going to be interesting how in the next couple of weeks we start to when see they that. start seeing the snow when, yeah. when the whole country won't have it anymore. So in yeah. other words, the whole country's got it except Emmerdale and when we've all lost it, they'll be knee-deep in it. But I didn't see it in Coronation Street. And I didn't see any in well, EastEnders yet. Well, most of yet. Coronation Street, I mean, could be... Because uh, they're all six weeks back, remember? Yeah. So six weeks ago, we didn't have the snow. But it's so funny that they haven't... No, nobody's mentioned it at all. But why then are you saying that Emmerdale hasn't? Well, it's only because I noticed it, because the grass outside one of the houses was so luxurious and green. I thought, how funny, nobody's mentioned it's cold, or they've come and gone, <laughs> park out But there. then they, they can't, can't really. They can't, can no, they? But, but they, they will have to else. start in, to. In EastEnders, they have greenhouses to bring on the flowers ahead yeah. of time, because of the, the time that they're filming. But when there's snow or, or a weather element, they're, they're stuck with it. They, they have to pretend it's not happening. No, there's not much they can do. But Emmerdale, you, you should have a look, actually. The, the, uh, it looks lovely. It looks just yeah. Lovely in the snow. You really see lovely. the LBC pictures as well, which people have sent in on the LBC website. People have taken pictures of the snow. They're really gorgeous. Yeah. Really nice. I love it. A friend of mine sent them in from Vienna. My friend Paul out there, and he sent in these pictures of snow. Really lovely. It does look pretty. It's not much fun if you're out in it, but I mean, around here we've got nothing. Yeah. I'm afraid. But it's still, still funny. Still funny at the same time that all the, the soaps don't have it, I'm afraid. Uh, best drunk on screen, Michael Caine and educating Rita, says Adrian. Mm. I can't remember what that was like. Vaguely, I can remember. But I don't think he was doing a, a Simon Gregson. Was, was, was he good? Was he what? Rude. What? Rude? Oh, was it rude? Oh, right, which I want to do if it's rude. Michael, I can't believe it. Dreadful. This is LBC 97... Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to uh, 7. I forgot what time it was, actually. And uh, on to the racing, Matthew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on Friday... <laughs> that sounds ominous. Master Leon. Did it run? Uh, it did. Oh. Yes, it did. But I'd probably wish it hadn't. It won... Oh! ...at evens. So your profit was £2, your total profit £8.40. Yet another winner, says Alex, for the newsroom. Get in there. I uh, know. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm, it is. I'm, You're right. What's his can, can, I just, can I just ask, Matthew? Yes. Mm. Last week when I was here, we were talking about something like 40 inches of snow in Northumberland area. And you said no, and it was proved right, and Steve said he was going to give you a forfeit. Yeah, we've done all that. No, no, I haven't heard. I'd just like to know what you made you do. No, that's all finished. Now. Oh! That's all. <laughs> did he make you run around your that. underpants or something? We don't talk about that. Oh, he did then, didn't he? For legal reasons, (laughs) we're not allowed to, but uh, we did prove the 40 inches was there. Yes, yes, I remember. uh, It's amazing how many people dismissed it. 40 inches. Well, strangely enough, of course, the papers were full of the pictures the next day. People walking about. Anyway, so uh, Vald Vogel... Which, no, beg your uh, pardon? Alex had Val Vogel. Oh. That was his horse. Came second oh. out of seven, so... Uh, Close, but no cigar. His total loss, £2.40. Your total profit, £8.40. We're off to Kempton today, the 4.15 for Ramamara. OK, well, the weather's uh, once again affected the, the uh, racing fixtures. Air and Taunton have abandoned their cards. Uh, Kempton and Wolverhampton being inspected this morning, but uh, assuming they go ahead, four o'clock at Wolverhampton, kick ahead. Kick ahead. That's not an instruction. No, it's not. Is it? Is it ahead one word? Uh, yes, kick ahead. Yes, okay. Yes, all one word. And uh, and you're, you're going for this one for why? I'm going for this one why? Yes. Um... <laughs> He's got no idea. 
because it's written on the screen in front of me. Uh, you said no, this one might win. I'm going with this one because it's a guaranteed dead cert, Steve. There you go. That's, That's why. We, it's what we like to hear from you. I like to hear that. We'll find out tomorrow. Have a lovely day. Thank you so much. And you. Bye-bye. all over the place. Bye-bye. That's Matthew Schofield. Nick Ferrari this morning, after news at seven. Camilla Tomine, the royal editor of the Daily Express, uh, also talking to Martin Bell about covering the war and about how the... I think we've, we've lost the Sunday Mirror's defence correspondent, Rupert Hamer, whose body's being flown. Like, I think the first journalist to actually be killed mm. in the conflict. And, uh, and then Nick will asking, how are we supposed to defend ourselves in a city where a have-a-go hero gets stabbed to death for trying to help the victim of a mugging? Would never have happened years ago. Somebody years ago, you'd have drab, gra- grabbed the bag or whatever and they'd have dropped it if you chased them. Now they turn around and they stab this, yeah. uh, this poor man. Just dreadful. So they're going to be talking to uh, various people about what they would do. Also in the same week, last week, that Mylene Klass was uh, told off by the police because she had two uh, would-be vandals in her garden and she threatened them with a knife. She waved a kitchen knife through the window and the police went, you can't do that. But you see, this is where it's all wrong. Somebody can come into your garden and threaten you. Come into your um, house. Uh, yeah, and threaten you, and you can't defend yourself by yes. wielding a knife at them. Well, I remember years ago doing this on LBC, and people were saying, an Englishman's home is his castle. I went, no, it's not. If a burglar comes into your house, you confront them and do them damage, he'll sue you. Mm. He'll sue you, and you'll be the one taken to court. But we how can that be right? Well, I don't know. You're not allowed to defend your own property. Well, you are, but you're not allowed to go too far. But then I'm never sure... If somebody gets a gunner, I don't know what... I'm not going to think, is that a replica gun or is that a... I don't know what it is. No. It's never going to happen, but that's the interesting thing. Talking about drunks, Sue Ellen was the best drunk ever. Yes. You see, she was good. And also, of course, Anita Dobson. Yes. In EastEnders. Staggering in in EastEnders. But Sue Ellen was very good. Oh, yeah, I I think Sue... JR. Yeah, do you remember all of that stuff? Yeah, God, you feel so sorry for her. good. It yeah. was very good. I like that, actually. I like that. I was reading in the paper today, actually. I meant to, I noticed this when I was reading overnight. Um, there's a story, in, I think, in the mirror that you've got there about how they're going to be trying out certain people yes. in uh, the Paul O'Grady slot. Now, I tell you who I would love to see doing that, and I must um, watch it when he does do it, and that is Phil Spencer. Oh, really? I love Phil Spencer. I think he's extremely good-looking. Yeah. I think really? he's got it. Yeah, oh, there's something about Phil the man. Spencer. Oh, yeah, there's something about the man the that is just yeah. attractive. Oh, right. And also, he's got this speech imp- impediment, which is I find quite charming. Oh, yeah, yeah, I find him quite charming. Um, <laughs> you have to watch Location, Location <laughs> and see what I mean. I have seen Location, yeah. Location. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I think it's a pretty poor lineup. Davina, who's uh, Chat Show, died. Oh, no, I don't think Davina can Vernon do Kay, it. Vernon no. never had a hit show. As long as Eamon Holmes doesn't get it, I think we're all fine with that one. Although there was a rumour, I don't know if you read the other day that Eamon might be heading back to GMTV. Having slated it in the press and having told us he didn't want to do early mornings, he then lied through his teeth and went to Sky. And strangely enough, Martin Frizzell gets dropped, who is Fiona Phillips' husband. Mm -hmm. She leaves, and now the rumours were in the paper the other day. Now, I'm not sure whether or not they're having a cull at Sky and if he's up for contract... Because that's generally what people do. When, when they're up for contract renewal, they start talking about, well, maybe I could go to... Yeah. Or maybe maybe I could do this. Or maybe I could do that. Because either they're talking about that thing, or maybe I could up my pay check. Well, and everyone's had their pay cut. Mm. It doesn't matter where you are in the industry, it's been cut. And if, if you start... Do it, you might be going, mm, perhaps GMTV could beckon again, try and get their figures up. Well, their figures have never been that great. They're ne- never as much as you think they are. Well, you always think that they're the biggest, aren't yeah. they? Because... 
of the time that they're on and just the coverage that they get as well. Yes, I do think. True. I mean, I have to admit, I don't tend to watch early any early morning television. No. Um, but I, I do think that if I ever catch GMTV, it's you know it's fairly. Mm. User friendly. Well, L- LBC's audience is going to be swelled this morning. I mean, there's going to be so many people defecting from another radio station, you know, and they're going to be coming over to LBC. It's happened before, and they'll do it again this time round, as uh, some old codger, you know, disappears off, and they bring in some some person oh, yeah. to cover the show, and then uh, <laughs> they'll be leaving what you were... in droves. <laughs> I was wondering what you were reading there. <laughs> yes, Dudley Moore and Arthur was a very good drunk. Yes, he was quite good. Unfortunately, poor poor Mr. Gregson in in. Uh, no. Probably not a very good drunk. What else did I watch in um, the soaps? Over in EastEnders, I got really angry with some silly child who's trying to stop some girl from leaving and he takes her, her oyster card away at the station and have an argument. Is that Steve... Is that... Um, what's its son who's got the fish and chip shop? Oh, yeah, Peter Beale and that Peter Zaza. Beale. Oh, Zaza. And Zaza. I mean, she was standing at the station, the fake station that they've got, and they all seem to go upstairs to go, yeah, to, go, go, go to the trains. It's hilarious. And, uh, but mind you, you used to do that at Latimer Road. It is true, yes, but you'd run there because it was quite dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody hung around talking. Run, run, muggers. Oh, it was terrible. And uh, so so he's obviously wanted to go out with her. Yeah. And then Peggy comes back and she's trying to sort things out. Oh, it's all going on. Well, the thing is, EastEnders is is quite good at the moment as well because Archie's will is read this week and it turns out that he has a £3 million fortune and one person... Is the main benefactor now? Four million quid. Where's he got three four million? Mi- quid. Three million. Where's he got that from? Well, he's obviously. But do you remember they were down in Weymouth when he first appeared, and he was in this big, big house. Oh. So he's obviously accrued it in some way, and of course he owned the Vic. So it's a case of the will is read. Who gets the Vic? One person gets the whole shebang. Who can't is tell it? you. No. It, oh. Well, I, I can't tell you because because they've been asked not to say anything. EastEnders press office well, have said, outrageous. No, I shall tell you afterwards, but oh, otherwise, right. if I tell you now, they'll never st- sell me, uh, sell me, sell me, they'll never, they'll <laughs> never, never sell me at again. all, they'll never right. send me any storylines again if, 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 uh, if right. I do, but yeah, um, one it, person gets it. Well, I, Is it a woman? Um, no, that's how Are they tall? What colour's their um, hair? I don't think it's that big a surprise. Are they blonde? I don't, <laughs> that narrows it down to like about <laughs> half a million. Um, I don't think it's that big a surprise who gets it. Right. But it's interesting to to, the, to see the effect it will have on several other people or a couple right, of other people they all in particular. Think they're going to be sharing. There are two people in particular who think they've got it. Oh. Um, and uh, so yeah, it's actually quite good, and they're all left different bits and bobs and stuff. There's one part which I, I mean, some of the things that they get. Amy, who's Roxy's little girl, has left a hundred thousand pounds in a trust fund. Wow. As is Ronnie's first surviving child, which. Even from the grave, this man is taunting her because, of course, yes. she's never produced a child. She's been pregnant and, um, well, she has produced a child and Danielle, but, of course, Danielle never... She, right. The only time she held her was twice, once when the baby was born and once when she died. So it's this whole thing is that she's never really managed to have any child and form any relationship with it. So much money in EastEnders, ladies and gentlemen. Well, from him, yes, and, and, and you know, other other little bits. But, yeah, I think I think you might... Be a tad surprised, but not shocked as to who right. gets it, is, what, is how I would see well, it. I'm, I'm often hoping, as indeed many of you probably do, that you've got some distant relative who owns a gold and diamond mine in South Africa yeah. and they're going to die and you're going to be phoned by somebody like De Beers to say, we're very interested, we can only offer you £460 million. Take it. But have you seen... <laughs> um, have you seen <laughs> Glynis Barber in EastEnders? No. 
because she appeared just at the tail end on Thursday and she's in Friday's episode because she plays Glenda Mitchell, the mother of the two girls, oh, Ryan like and Roxy. Oh, she's very good in this. Very good. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that they, they, they are all going to have to, you know, pull the socks up a bit because I think she's a great actress. And Ooh. I think there's when, when she's in a scene, I think you, you sit, you, you watch. I always oh. thought that about her in, I thought she was very good in Emmerdale. Yes. And she's got a great accent in, in, um, in EastEnders, very posh accent in comparison oh, to the others. Woman. Uh, the, 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 one, the woman who's pushing the pram around at the moment. Heather. Heather. I can't bear her. I'm ever so sorry. I just can't stand her. She was crying the other day and I'm shouting at the screen, where are the tears? Where are the tears? Dry crying. Dry crying. Have you ever seen that? At least give her some glycerin or something, for goodness sake. Just drove me mad. Anyway, listen, short break. More from Susan in a moment. It's quarter to seven. <laughs> With the headlines, Matthew Schofield. Gordon Brown will appeal for unity and deliver an upbeat... Oh, Steve Allen's. Morning, team. Bridie in Orpington's got a 50th today. Oh, God, how awful, 50. Tell me what it's like. When I get there, I shall know. Can't think of anything worse. Kevin O'Sullivan... <laughs> Kevin, no, Kevin Maguire was in yesterday. And apparently he's also dreading his 50th. I said, well, I'm dreading the 39th. I yeah. about you? Horrible, isn't it, really? How many uh, times have you seen 39th? Sorry? How many times have you seen it? I don't think we need that kind of talk. It's a Monday morning. We don't need that sort of thing. Not very nice, is it? That was from Martin, Elaine and Robert. And uh, Amy Winehouse, apparently, according to the papers, has flown into a strop when her father went on telly to tell all about her life. You do wish her father would keep his mouth shut. I'm so bored with the father. I mean, dear me. But I think he's having withdrawal symptoms because, remember, he used to always be in the papers and be asked his opinion when she was around. And then, of course, because she's gone quite quiet and to get herself together, I think he's kicking his heels wondering what to do. Yeah. Go back to driving the cab, Mitch, I think. You know, save us all a bit of trouble. So, oh, Lewis Hamilton and uh, Pussycat Doll Nicole have split up. Oh, but they split up young ago. Oh, did they? Oh, right. Oh. They split up for two years together. They were putting their careers first. I didn't think she had a career. Oh, I do like the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think I don't really know enough about them. Don't they originate from Hollywood or something like that? Yeah, from the States, and they used to do some stuff in Vegas and things like that. Oh, right. Good for the Pussycat Dolls. (laughs) Big up the Pussycat Dolls. You said that with feeling. Well, I'm trying to get excited about people who... Do they writhe around poles? Oh, yeah, they do, actually. Oh, dear (laughs) God. Well, big up the Pussycat Dolls. (laughs) Which I think is why Lewis Hamilton quite liked her. Really? Because she's I have to be honest. I mean, he isn't the most attractive thing I've ever seen, whereas everybody supports you talking about Phil. Being a bad drunk? No, no. Phil, Phil, uh, to do the talk show. Oh, yeah, Phil Spencer. Oh, he's lovely, yeah. He's a bit cute. Oh, he is. You have to watch another... There's a lot of people on medication listening to this program No, there's something about that man. Really? Yeah, there there is. Well, yeah, but he is. He's lovely. I like him. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him do it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't want to see the same old names coming up. I don't want to see Vernon Kay. I don't want to see any of these people. But how do you think... I mean, I like Kirsty and Phil together. Yeah. I, I couldn't see Kirsty doing chat. No, I could, not with him. You know, she's terribly rich. Oh, yes. She's absolutely filthy rich. Yeah, she is. I like that. Although that, that's in the Big Brother house because Cisco is following um, Ivana Trump around like a lap dog. <laughs> it's really quite embarrassing. And, uh, and he, he, he's going, she is so, so, um, you know, rich. He said, I, I love it. Yeah, well, I suppose there's some traction <laughs> there, but um, I see that Sunita got booted out of Dancing on Ice. Yeah, that's a shame. She's only been there first week. Oh, she was out already. 
She got mutilated last night. Oh, well, that's a shame, because I was hoping it was going to be Heather Mills. No. We were looking forward to Heather Mills falling out of that one. In fact, we all watched for her to fall over. Yes, I did watch it, and I heard her talk afterwards. Oh, she's ghastly. She really did ham it up a bit, isn't she? Yes. With her whole... She is very hammy, I'm afraid, which is rather a shame. Uh, do you know there's arcades all over the country? Do you know what they're putting in? You know, amusement arcades. Mm. What are they putting in now? What do you think? Most unlikely thing. I've never heard of it before. Sunbeds. Really? Sunbeds. And they've done a, a thing on the, in the sun today about kids going round to all the sunbeds in these shops, seeing if they can get in there. And there's a girl here, 13. She was charged a pound for three minutes on a sunbed. Totally legal to have kids on sunbeds. There's uh, somebody here, 16, uh, didn't, uh, didn't get questioned, and a girl of 17. So I think you must be 18, I think. And if you're I've... taking medicine, you can't go on a, I can't go on sunbeds. I thought sunbeds nowadays yeah. were very passé. I don't think people did it anymore because of the dangers, and now to go to the bottle rather than. But they're in amusement arcades, and I've never even heard of it before. So there must be some new, some new system or something. Because it used to be you only either had tanning salons, or you could get them in a hairdresser's. Yeah. Or sometimes, it's, or, or it's fitness and sports clubs. Yes. Um, but I thought they had, were really dwindling and were on the out. I don't think people did that anymore. Well, I don't know. But uh, at the moment, and I'm, I'm c- complaining about it till the cows come home. I lose one half of my in conversation because Christo is so enamoured with the Dancing on Ice programme that they've devoted their last hour to the Dancing on Ice. Oh, they always have done, I yes, know. since... Yeah, I remember, because I used to sometimes do that with Christo. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, sort of try and commentate on what was what was going on and then talk about each performance. Yeah, but they, I thought, how has Sunita got voted out? I've got no idea. And you, you just told me something I didn't know, and I watched a bit this morning, thinking, well, actually, she did really well. That, that attack girl should have been kicked out immediately. Well, she got the least amount from the panel. Yeah. But, of course... But the viewers voted. Yeah, it was between half, half from the panel, half from... The viewers. Well, it's ridiculous. I don't believe it. In the skate off, it was Sunita and Sharon Davis. Well, Sharon Davis was as wooden as a post. I mean, she flailed her arms around, was just dreadful. Mm. Dreadful. So, how on earth Sunita could have gone? Far more experienced. Most I thought it was a shame that like Sunita yeah. went. I well, it just like goes her. to show what an absolute fiddle it is. It must be. But it, next week it must be the guys who do it, because yes, it was just the girls this week. They yeah. did, they've not done that before, have they? No, it's, it's their, their new effort to try and make it a bit more exciting. Or to. S- String it out a bit. String it out a bit. Well, they certainly strung it out with, here's Ray Quinn, here's, here's Colleen Dreary Nolan, and here's Benjamin Shepherd rambling on about some... Oh, it's just awful. They did a special show the night before, oh, didn't they? Dear. And Philip Schofield, I mean, he's, he's just really plumbing some depths. And as we said earlier on, the funniest thing is looking at, um, at what's its hair... Holly. Holly Willoughby's hair. You see, you know, I love Holly and Phil. Oh, I love Phil. her, but the hair is I old know, lady but, hair. It's but, back combing, it's dynasty. I think she's going to be a little bit like a Danny Minogue and every week she's going to... Oh, I mean, God, she's always became... Well, she always became well, known for her cleavage and everything. And then, you know, Danny yes. with, with her hair. And I think maybe, you know, that's the idea. You want to get people talking every week, you don't you? want a bit more, more cleavage shown, do you? No, I'm not saying I nice. do. <laughs> Just wondering when you feel I like I was going to say, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> That's <laughs> strange. Oh, we've got to go. I've just yeah, realised we, we have do. to go. We have to go. So we'll see you next week. Yes, you will. More soaps with Susan Spence. Uh, next with you after the news at 7. Oh, it's gone far too quick. You must podcast and download. Here's today's business update. Matthew Schofield. Thanks, Steve. Two familiar names.